podcast ain't played nobody. We're not home, but I'm home. All the kids in the back seat listening to this in the car with the dads. I pulled the mic away. I'm okay. home. All right. Billiam. Hi. Oh, man. We're in New York City. It is December the 7th? 8th. 8th? Yes. I have not donned the door of this podcast in five weeks. Something like that? Pretty little six, I think. I've been gone, Bill. I've been gone. Tell me, let's just assume for a second, I was, uh, let's go kidnap scenario. All right. Crawl space, bound and gag, fighting for my life. Then I had to kill a bunch of terrorists, right? I get out of the bunker, I get onto the chopper, and I get out, all right? I come back, I parachute back into the fine uh, United States. I have not seen any college football mm-hmm. um, since a couple days after Halloween. Okay. What happened? Well, uh, among other things, I can say that I have the stats to suggest that since you last paid attention, mm-hmm. Missouri has been one of about the 10 or 15 best teams in the country. That's not true. That's not true. I have the stats to, to prove it. Yeah, what else happened? That's a lie. Um, well, Jimbo Fisher, with his $47 million buyout, is no longer the Florida State head coach. Okay. I don't know if I believe that. Keep going. Um, Bud Elliott also, by the way, discovered that A&M fans are different. And that's been a, a Definitely fun. knew that. Okay. Believable. That, that one's been kind of an uh, mm-hmm. enjoyable sociology uh, experiment. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Back on. So basically the last time you watched football, it was something to the effect of, now, did you see, was that when like Georgia was beating South Carolina, LSU was beating Alabama, all that? Was that that weekend or was it one I before s- that? It was before that. Okay. So um, believe it or not, Clemson lost a game and then hit fifth gear. Believable, cr- yeah. As okay, crazy as that proof. sounds. So they're in the playoff, huh? Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, cool. Oklahoma managed to uh, not trip over, like uh, uh, prevent the Big 12 from tripping over itself and screwing itself the first year back with the Big 12 title game. So wait, so wait there's a Big 12 team in the playoff? Yes. I don't believe that. Okay. Um, Alabama's in the playoff. Well, yeah. Okay. But because they're number one. Well, they're playing in the one-four game. Yeah, because they're number one because they won the SEC and they're undefeated, right? Oh, well, maybe not. Okay. Um, huh. A team that hired a that. Nick Saban assistant. Okay. Is also in the playoff. They tried to they tried to do the Saban thing and it worked. Derek Dooley's back in college football. I mean, I heard his name bandied about for a little while. Um, oh, oh yeah, and and by the way. Uh, a, a few hours, a couple hours from where you live, um, Derek Julie was about the only person not mentioned with a coaching search. And I'm actually not completely Does sure about that. Does it shock me that Tennessee would screw that up? Yeah, I believe that. Okay. Right. Honestly, they might have mentioned him at some point. I'm not completely sure. It got weird. Uh, Doesn't shock me at all. Penn State, Yeah. Uh, according to the resume S&P Plus rankings that I came up with, mm-hmm. uh, had the second best resume when you look at both who a team has played and how they've played. They did not win the Big Ten. Did they win the East? They did not win the East. Uh, Wisconsin is not your Big Ten champion. Uh, a team that, that lost to Iowa by 31 points, however, is your Big Ten champion. So, Iowa State? 
Yeah, it was. Um, I was trying to to fit. I was trying to squeeze that over and make it seem like Michigan, but I I, I can't. I'm not an improviser. Uh, yeah. So Ohio State won the Big Ten. No, I said Iowa State. Oh, Ohio said, State. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Ohio State won the Big Ten. Yes. Where Where are they in the playoff? Um, they are playing USC. What? Not in the playoff. In the Rose Bowl. No. In Arlington, of course. No, no, that didn't happen either. Keep going. Man, um, Toledo actually didn't trip over itself, won the MAC. You are a house of lies. I don't appreciate this welcome back to the show. Hey, is Gus Malzahn in Arkansas yet? Any day now. That's still, you know, any day. <laughs> okay, all, a bit aside for this intro, that actually, I mean, you can't really ever rule that one out. <laughs> Arkansas seems to have found its guy. But, yeah, I mean, if Gus shows interest, they'll be like, all right, see you, Morris. I literally, so, so when I did come back off of the project I was working on, I, I, I've been, I was home in Nashville for a couple of days. Uh, Bill and I are staring at each other in the same room at the same time. We're in New York City. It's Piesman Week. This is actually, it's not even Piesman Eve. It's Piesman Night. This yep. is, as we record this, yep. we're getting ready to do the Piesman in a couple hours. Um, I spent like a day or two just sort of flipping through and doing all the normal standard stuff that I would do week to week, day to day in the college football season. I don't feel acclimated. Obviously I do know what happened and all that kind of stuff. I wasn't like, I wasn't in a bunker. I wasn't kidnapped, but um, like I genuinely trying to figure out what the weirdest thing was since I left in college football. You really, your absence was felt when Tennessee went ultra Tennessee. I told you so. Everybody, look, did was anybody surprised? Not about firing Butch, right? right? No, no, no. Not about the first cycle of weirdness, and not even really about the second. But when they got when it got down to the insanity stuff, the I'm not even talking about Shiano Bill. I'm talking about let's let's fire Curry. Let's let's bring in the old guy. Let's let's have Curry find his man. Yes, and then say no, 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 no. Come back to Knoxville so you can be fired. Yeah. I will say it really turned. I, I think what it will it will be remembered most for the whole Shiano thing, definitely. But it will be defined by what do you think? Three hours, four hours away from finalizing a deal with Mike Leach, and then the AD gets gets shot in the back of the head, basically. <laughs> and then the first name that uh, you know, and then basically the coup was successful. Phil Fulmer would be a great justified villain. Like I like I I'm good enough to bring the show back for one more season. I mean, he, yeah, he he like you know if you believe the rumors and whatnot, uh, and with Tennessee you almost always can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he basically pulled off a coup mm-hmm. and got the job. He 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 got Curry ousted and got the AD job. Right. And then the first name that we heard he had talked to was Les Miles, Jesus, which was just fabulous. But it didn't end up happening. He got he, he got his Saban assistant. Who, um, eh, we'll see. Um, um, so here's what I can add to this conversation: is I haven't had a, I haven't, ha- I haven't even had a home for all my little, my little non-sequiturs and bones malt and like. Here's the deal: if I have to look at the Tennessee saga objectively, I don't. What was the worst name you heard associated with it? Before I finish my thought. Because Les actually did talk to him. Is yeah. it Les? Well, and I mean, Les would be okay. So I don't want to. I don't want to say that was the worst name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, depending on your definition, probably Shiano, I guess. But that was that was a whole big. Other and we, and we're, we're, qual- we're like qualifying this as as like 
quasi-legitimate coaches contacted to, right? Right. Okay. So... Worst name that you felt was associated, I think it might be the guy they hired. (laughs) I think uh, it, Bill, I think it might be the guy they hired. I'm trying to be diplomatic here, um, because, I mean, obviously now we know with Kirby Smart that it can work. Would you go... All right, here's the deal. Would you go right now in a vacuum... To start a program, you have one of two choices. Jeremy Pruitt, Kevin Steele. <laughs> okay. Because um, that's really what it came down to. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of this, I mean, what's funny is, you know, this was, the the first name was Greg Shiano and the last name was Jeremy Pruitt. Really, the only difference between them is that Shiano has a track record. I'm not touching the Penn State stuff. That was a whole different deal. But he actually had a track record as a head coach. Right. Um, and some of it was successful, but, uh, it it really was like, again, Penn state aside, it's like a disclaimer. You have to continue making, um, it really was like the unknown was more favorable than the known. Uh, so yeah, they all seem relatively okay with the guy with no head coaching experience and, and some burn bridges here and there and some, uh, interesting experiences where, you know, they win a national title with him at Florida State, and then they're like, all right, we'll go on to Georgia. That's fine. Okay, so so Jeremy Pruitt's better than Shiano. Okay. We think he's the same as Kevin Steele. I mean, we... Uh, because... <sighs> leaving the So context... it's, a, it's a knockout pool right now. All right, you're going up the Mortal Kombat ladder, mm-hmm. okay? And you have Jeremy Pruitt until he gets killed, until Goro rips his arms off, all right? Okay. So... Jeremy Pruitt, we think better than Greg Shiano for all things considered. Right, once track you, record, everything. Once you, yeah. Right, you once you. I'll, I'll hire if I have to hire one of those. I'm gonna hire right. Pruitt. All right, there's one. And Steele is the same way. Steele uh, has a track record as a head coach too, and it's brutal. Pruitt's younger. Yes. All right, so advantage Pruitt. All right, let's go up the ladder. Supposedly better recruiter than. Okay, Mike yeah. Leach. Mike Leach, Jeremy Pruitt, University of Tennessee. Where are we at? At Tennessee. Pruitt is probably the more acceptable hire. All right. Like, uh, Leach is going to guarantee you eight, nine wins, but that'll get old, and then he'll, like, that would be a spectacular soap opera because they would suddenly get tired of eight, nine wins, and they get We tired have no idea what Pruitt's going to give us. Right. We have nothing. And so that's this is where the unknown benefits him to a certain degree. We don't know that he'll not be Kirby smart but better. We're, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be better than Kirby Smart. He doesn't inherit what Kirby inherited. Okay, think about the division right now. Yeah. Think about Mike Leach having a year or two to recruit. Mm-hmm. It's a trash fire regardless. So someone's probably screaming into, into their little podcast app like, well, they don't have a year or two. People are freaking out right now. They want instant success. No matter who you hire, the, the trash is still going to be on fire for at least a year. So you've got Mike Leach. Look at Mike Leach in, a fi- in like a five-year span. Mm-hmm. In the SEC East, I think he's better than Pruitt. Okay, well, yeah, like short term, definitely, like three, four, five years, or just whatever. contrarian thinking, like in terms of X and O, right? Uh, like he's gonna beat Kentucky, he's gonna beat Vandy, he's gonna get, like. By the way, Tennessee was O for this year in the conference, so don't give me that. You're supposed to win that game, crap. You're on a how many year? Your two year losing streak to Vandy, and they lost like is it four out of five? It's bad. Yeah, and they lost four out of six to Missouri since Missouri joined. Um, Play a little tempo against Kirby. The the thing is, though, depending on who Barry Odom hires, there already is that in the division. Okay. 
Now, uh, but the, that, but two could exist, and two and uh, like right, know. there wouldn't be the element of surprise anymore. But I mean, yeah. if you're if you're recruiting, you'll in theory at, at Tennessee, even with Leach not really getting all that into recruiting all that much, you're going to assign better classes than Missouri. So in theory, then you whatever. But right. you're also not probably he also probably wasn't taking Alex Grinch with him to Knoxville because yeah. Grinch was going to take the uh, the Wazoo job. All right. So, so you're weird. so you're defending weird. Pruitt now against Mike Leach. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I would personally take Leach, but I'm trying to think of this with my Tennessee hat on, which is a really weird hat for me to wear. Mm-hmm. I don't like it very much, but like I, I, from Tennessee's perspective, I can see why Pruitt might be considered better than Leach. I would pick Leach. All right. You're going to knock Pruitt off the ladder. Maybe go Leach now. I guess. All right. It's Mike Leach. Okay. Is Mike Leach better than Chad Morris? Um, I would say, well, yes, from again, like from a known perspective. Yeah, we okay. Ch- I mean, Chad Morris might end up being awesome. But, okay. um, but we, again, we know what Leach is going to deliver. OK, so. All right. We're stay with Leach. OK. All right. So Leach survives advances. Is Mike Leach better than I'm trying to what I'm doing on this ladder is not throwing in like your Gruden names and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, like, leg- guys Gruden who got le- thrown up the ladder a long time. The, ago, but like way. legitimately associated names. Right. Um. Mike Norvell or Mike Leach? Oh, Leach. Okay. Norvell's right. ceiling might be astronomical. We but just don't know, right? right. One of the things, that, by the way, that uh, your assignment for digging into this offseason, we heard so many times, like with the, with the Arkansas job, with the Tennessee job, with the Ole Miss job, uh, red flags popped up for Norvell. Right. And, and he got, his name got eliminated, and all we ever heard was, Norv- was red flags. And that was weird. So, um, and that was surprising because usually... And then he has that weird photo on Insta. Was that, was that Bowen, the AD, in the tux? You know what I'm talking about? He signed with, his extension. With Norvell? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. picture was great. What a strange way to... You know what? I'll allow it. I like it. Yeah, no. It creates uh, so, a little difference. I mean, whatever the red flags were, Memphis isn't concerned about Jeez. them. And it's working out pretty well for Memphis right now. Um, okay, so wait. we're So, all right. Norvell, we're past Norvell. Yeah. Who do we have left? God. Uh, Who was well, on the so on the initial shake was where was Les in this? Was he down at the bottom? All right, all right Mike Leach and Les. We haven't done Les yet. Mike Leach and Les. <sighs> I'm going Leach. Yeah, for, yeah, and, and, that, and that sucks because all we know from that what Leach will do is win you seven, eight, nine games. Mm-hmm. Les Miles like nine was unacceptable. Nine mm-hmm. or eight, nine got him fired. Right. And so, in theory, Les would win you games. It's just kind of like, I, I think with Les, it's just kind of like, you know, we want to think of something new now. We know what you're going to do. Uh, it, it, I, I feel bad. Uh, like, I think Les could still find the right job and win seven, eight, nine, ten games. And at a Tennessee where he could recruit pretty well, he could probably do pretty well. But we're all just kind of like, yeah, just just go to TV, please, and, and not coach anymore. Uh, I'm not. Okay. Uh, this one counts. Okay. We're sticking with Leach? I guess. Dan Mullen met with Tennessee. Yep, and and kind of basically got eliminated because he was he was waiting on Florida. Right. Was, was, Dan <laughs> Tennessee was in a hurry. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. Back when they were in a hurry and they hired like a week after Florida. I feel like you got to give Dan Mullen every advantage over Mike Leach. Yes. Okay, so now we're at Dan Mullen, which is funny too, by the way, because he hasn't exactly won more games than Leach has. Like he at, at a reasonably similar place. He has, you know, okay, well, actually, I'm going to have to pull up their uh, record. So, first, Mississippi State. Riveting. 
Oh wait, sorry. It's been so while since I podcasted. I realize I like I have I should jump in during the dead air. Sorry. Well, I mean, I hey guys, a little rusty here. Um, so Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let me ask you this: What's uh, ten years ago? What was the harder job, Mississippi State or Washington State? Ooh, in two thousand seven. Yeah, something around there. Wait, was... it's like Sly Croom. Damn. And it's like, is that Paul still Wolf, Larry? Yeah. Is that still? Was that Larry Doba? Still. I. Right around that kind, right? Six one half a dozen of the right, other. Because once once Wolf got took over and the program collapsed, then that was obviously harder. But like at the time before Mullen was there. Oh wait, this is argument to argue Leach against Mullen. Yeah, you just have it's Dan, dude. It's Dan. He's won in the conference. He never beat Alabama. He has like the worst winning percentage in the world against ranked teams. I understand that, but like it's it's Dan for Tennessee. It's Dan. Okay. Well, yeah, okay, we'll we'll say that the recency in the SEC gives it to Dan. All right. But let's see. Over the last five, four years, Mullen has won 19, four, 33 games okay. at Mississippi State. Uh, Leach at Washington State in the last four years uh, has won. Okay, that's bad. Three years. We're going to say three years to make my example uh-huh. better because I forgot he went three. He was still going three and nine four years ago. Last three years, Mike Leach has won 26 games. Dan Mullen has won 23. All right. I'm going to go. Are we splitting here? Are we going to go Mullen? Are we going to go into like a multiverse situation? I, I feel like my answer is supposed to be Mullen here, but then I'm realizing that maybe that's not fair because what Leach has done in an equally okay. hard place. All right, I'll split off into two. We'll just have to keep track of it. Okay. So let's move along. Is Dan Mullen... Better than Dave Dorn. Yes. Is Mike Leach better than Dave Dorn? So far, yes. Man, a little tough, right? Because Dorn, I okay. I, All right, I, so I, advance I'm, them both. I, I'm. This is Dorn has reached the place with where uh, Gary Pinkle had in about '06 with me, where it's basically he's a disappointing overachiever. Yeah, like he he figures out the way that, you know he's going to exceed expectations or meet expectations, but you're going to feel disappointed like it should have been more. All right. All right, continue on. Jeff Brom is Mike Leach better than, a better fit Jeff for Tennessee Brom. than Jeff Brom? I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to my Jeff Brom magic unicorn. I think kinda. Jeff Brom's better than Dan Mullen at Tennessee. Okay. So now we're now right, now we now we've come back from diverging. We're back on Jeff Brom. Yeah, give him some recruits. Uh, okay, Jeff Brom is Jeff Brom better than? Oh man, this is a tough one. Technically, they talked. This counts. So, I, all I'm saying is I'm not including the Gruden type level crap. Mm-hmm. But anyone else who had a conversation with him, I think we should we should include in this okay. exercise. All right, is Jeff Brom better than Mike Gundy? No. Gundy. Yeah. It's Gundy. Okay. All right. We got Gundy. Yeah. All right. I'm running out of names. <laughs> well, that was pretty much. Technically. Okay. Here's the deal. David Cockroach was never going to leave, but technically he spoke with him so we can knock him off real mm-hmm. fast. Mike Gundy, we're saying it's better than David yes. Cockroach, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Matt Campbell. All right. Gundy's done it longer. Like, like, and is I, that a pro or a con in that you have a young guy like Campbell? Doesn't, isn't really familiar with the South though. Right. No, I'd still say Gundy. I mean, plus, I mean, Iowa State did just go seven and five. It's not like, you know, they, when they beat OU and TCU, you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be like a 10-win season. No, they kind of they, they okay. they faded a little. All right. What about – so we're sitting with Mike Gundy. Yes. Mike Gundy or Lane Kiffin? <laughs> this was my trick all along. This was my trick for the entire exercise here. They should have gone back and talked to Lane. I know it was never going to happen, 
especially when Phil got involved, it was definitely well, let's it put was it this triple way. not going to happen. So when Holly was sitting in your chair, uh, hypothetically or not hypothetically, um, metaphor, metaphor, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm tired. Um, when when Holly was sitting in your chair and talking about the things that, like you you have to know with the Tennessee job that especially with the Title IX stuff and the and the settlement from last year that you can't. You can't go down the road of the like even even if if the Shiano stuff was he really didn't know anything you can't go down that road at all. Kiffin has made a point like a year like about ten months ago at this point eleven months ago like yeah Kendall Bryles come on down bring me your characteristics I'm going to win with them okay I don't think you can do that at Tennessee right now. No, he would just take all the risks with him. I don't know if he would bring in new ones right away. Look, it couldn't happen. Yeah, well, no, I take that back. I think it could have happened had Curry stayed. I think it would have been magical. I think it would have been <laughs> short-lived. short-lived. Not yeah. as short-lived as 2009, but close. Maybe maybe two, maybe two and done this time. But but where do you go? See, that's the thing is I think he would have stuck this time. I really do. I, I think he would have been. And also, he would have beaten, beaten Saban in the next two years. <laughs> fully believe that fully believe that uh, yeah i don't want to like we're all enjoying lane kiffin i don't want to forget that there's a reason why he's at FA, fau at the moment this is the best lane kiffin we've ever had it, we like lane kiffin again yeah. well yeah until he it's so great it's only a matter of time though till he says something like well i you know i, I don't care about what you guys say about the brile stuff I, i'm not gonna i'm not here to please you guys or whatever because he said that and it was terrible Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying he's a good human being. I'm just saying this is the best distillation of Lane Kiffin Entertainer we've ever had. Yeah. Well, yes. Ever had. Yes. And he will, he will probably do well wherever he ends up. I, it's just kind of like, you know, let somebody else end up with him. Kind of. So we had some meetings here at SB Nation today trying to track what 2018 might look like with rising stars and coaches. And there's just no one. It's like Lane and everyone else. Everyone else. This was, by the way... A very good. I saw somebody. Um, I don't remember where it came from on Twitter. Somebody pointed out that three of the four uh, head coaches in the playoff this year, uh, which, by the way, since you've been in a bubble, are mm-hmm. are Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia, Oklahoma. Three of those four coaches uh, are are in the job they are. This is their first head coaching gig. Um, you know, Saban, of course, but then Swinney. Right, Dabo was an interim. Um, Riley and Lincoln's a first year head Kirby. coach. Kirby's a second year head coach. Yeah, you're right. So that's interesting and all, but this was also the year of the of the experienced dude. Still uh, proving that the, that experienced guys who got fired or, or or have had previous experience can still be worth something because you had Jeff Tedford, yeah, going, Fresno going State, right? Fresno. Butch Davis uh, ended up with I think eight wins at FI if, going to a bowl, FIU. and nobody's talking about them at all because FAU won Conference USA, right? So this is a good year for the recyclables too. That, nice reminder that anything can work. It's just a, it, you know the right. So hire what you're telling top. me is Butch Jones is going to win the CUSA in three years, <laughs> or the Mac? No, he he could probably get a CUSA job. He'd definitely get a good CUSA yeah. job. North Texas, something like that. When the trail gets tired when, away. when the trail leaves. Um, all right, Bill. Here's yeah. the deal. I, on this, this is the return episode. It's a little abbreviated. It's a little weird. Yeah, who the hell knows when legs. this is actually going to get up? This is going to be up at, probably after Piesman at this point. But here's the deal. I want to save the Bulls to next week because, in all seriousness, the Bulls. Like I was, I was off sort of the grid, but you know, still paying attention to things. Not quite to the level at which like we do right. on a weekly basis with the show. I 
man, maybe you can help me here, honestly. Like, two weeks ago, no joke here, I kind of thought, like, this is going to be the worst bowl. I, I just didn't have any interest in storylines outside of, a you know, a couple top-line things. Mm-hmm. And then... And by the way, we're going to have to say something, too, about the way the non-playoff and non-partner bowls get announced. This trickling out crap three, four, five right. hours after the fact. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's awful. It's that a, whole day. That whole day it's, was... It's not set up well. No. So it was basically... A, you're supposed to tune into ESPN for all this. You get the playoff uh, pairings, and then later you get right. the rankings, then you get all the bowls. You get, so you get, you get the one through four, and yeah. then you get the partners. Right. Except it's it's scattered over like I don't know an eight hour period on ESPN, but everybody knew when to turn back tune back in. So at eleven thirty eleven thirty God's time, um, you had the the pairings like great okay well I'm going to come back at one o'clock to find out the the actual official top twenty five okay right. well then at five or whatever the hell it was you got the bowl pairings that were officially announced. Meanwhile McMurphy's out there breaking every bowl. Uh, sources say so and so and so to the Bitcoin bowl or whatever. There's no other system that would you would be like here's here's a taste of the top of this picture. Right, come back in six hours. Right, it's terrible. And it's and I so understand stupid. They had to know who the playoff uh, pairings were. They had to know who the other bowls were so that all the other teams could go claim their teams because uh, obviously it mattered you know which uh, SEC or ACC team went where. Well, um, and I think the big. I, there's no way to do it in a uniform manner because they would. Wow, there's just way too many coworkers walking around right now. There's <laughs> no way to do it in a uniform manner because if you had, let's just say, like the Camellia and Independence right. and Music City Bowls involved in the playoff picture, I'm going to tell you right now as a reporter, you know what would happen? That playoff would get leaked. Right. <laughs> I would be. It would be me or somebody else leaking that. Yeah. Within within 30 minutes. Right. Of of the entirety of the like every bowl, every every bowl right yep. gets the entire picture at once. Yeah. Oh, somebody's sending me oh, that yeah. screen grab on my phone. But basically, have all the top twelve, have have the the top six bowls all figured out in advance. Yeah. Uh, release that at, at at noon Eastern. Fine. How about uh, an hour later? We do the rest. Can we do an hour. A feeding frenzy. Um, Ooh, it's like it's an auction. <laughs> Um, but then like I, every time I would flip back over to see, like, make sure I knew when stuff was going on. Like it, you had the same, like five people saying the same things they were making, they were having to sit yes. there. Joey, poor Joey Galloway was just a hostage sitting having to make his two points repeatedly over and over and over again for like six hours. Right. It was terrible. And yeah, they, it was, it was about the most disorganized thing in a very disorganized sport. Um, it, it was not a, it was not good for the, it, the pundits, the people trying to figure things out. And yeah, meanwhile, Brett McMurphy, who, who accidentally became our own Brett McMurphy. Did you see that? Uh, when, uh, who was it? Steve Levy calling one of the games on Saturday. Look, here's, I like Steve Levy. He's, he's, he's a nice guy. I met him a couple of times. Obviously a friend of like, I'm, I was a colleague or mm-hmm. however you want to describe it now, Brett's and, and Brett's, I think I told this story on Twitter this week. Like Brett is the reason why names like SB nation or really any, it doesn't matter. Right. Local radio station, website, blog, someone's Twitter account, ESPN now does their due diligence and credits the right people instead of just having one of their flunkies. Like, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it like the old like Joe Shad method. You know, they don't do that anymore. They give credit to where it's due outside of the company. And that's because of Brett. And so it was a sad irony to it. It sucks that Brett hasn't been picked up by anybody else. I don't. uh, Yeah, I don't get it at all. But I mean, he owned he owned last weekend. And and ESPN basically just had to cite him all weekend. Uh, as he was posting all the bull parents on like Facebook, it's such a weird experience all the way around. 
my favorite other it reminds me of the time our friend uh Barrett Salee had been he had maybe he, he had cut ties or you know bleacher reported changed some stuff up and then like two weeks later on some like SEC team stream or whatever it's just all Barrett's tweets about something yeah. like it was a collected into a story god I love this industry in 2017 <laughs> um and probably 2018 for that matter uh I was. I, I want to hold off on the bowls. Like this, yeah, we'll break right. them down specifically next week. We can either go week by week. Or we can do them all at once, or mm-hmm. we can do all of them except the partner bowls and the and the or the you know the big six or whatever. But I big. was really shocked at how well it turned out. Right. It's it's great. And yeah, we should go just at weeks at a time. That that seemed to work yeah. really well last week. So we can you know, so I can definitively break down New Mexico State, Utah State. How happy were you? Oh man, it was great. And that. You know, Jason was saying, uh, you know, in our in the meeting we just were in about like planning a little bit moving forward. This is the time of year where it's it's my turn to write a, you know, here's why uh, the haters are wrong and bulls are great. New Mexico State fans rushed field for going six and six. They beat South Al- a terrible South Alabama, rushed the field. It was the greatest thing of last weekend. Nothing wrong with any of that. And you had, like, I, I, another story that I'll reference in, in whenever this piece actually gets written. Um, there was an article about Middle Tennessee. It looked like, uh, as all the bulls were shaken out, it looked like they were done and they were going to miss, like, the couple they thought they might have a chance at, they, mm-hmm. they didn't get into. And so there were tears. People were hugging each other, thinking, man, we, I thought we were going to get one more game. This sucks. Uh, you know, my career's over now, all this stuff. Then they find out, they got a call from, I don't even remember what bowl they're in, uh, but they got a call at the last second. Everybody got texted, come back to the facility. They're all like getting sandwiches or whatever. And they celebrated the hell out of getting a bid. Come on, internet. Uh, out of getting a hurry, bid hurry, hurry, to hurry. the... Ah, hurry, hurry. Bill, God, the bomb's going off. Come on, GoBlueRaiders.com. Oh, the bomb's going off, Bill. Let's see if I can get it on my phone fast. Camellia Bowl. They're in the Camellia Bowl. Camellia Bowl. Camellia Bowl. Camellia Bowl. Yeah, sorry. Uh, So they, because they have a chance to go to to play in the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama, they were just ecstatic. And so the the haters who want to say, like, 10 bowls is enough, we're settling for mediocrity, Herb Street. Um just stop participation. I think there's actually there, there there may be a single like I mean we won't have access to these financial documents, but they they may they may be a way to draw a line from like those bulls generating money to his salary at ESPN. <laughs> like sure. when you literally say they make you money. Participation ribbons are fine. They're fine, especially with bulls when you don't have to watch them if you don't want to. But anyway. Uh, yes, we will go week by week so that we can, the, you know, once I've in, we've internalized the schedule, we can give Arkansas State, Middle Tennessee our full attention. That will be lovely. Um, well, we are here for the Piesman. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, this, there's no way this gets up before. Uh, Ooh, not going to happen. At this point, so, so congratulations to everyone. Insert later. That's right. To uh, St. Francis's Louis Gardner or Wyoming's Carl Granderson or River. Heidelberg's Brock Riggs, who, by the way. Powder River. I will uh, edit this out if he doesn't win. Uh, Heidelberg's Brock Riggs, that, that was, that's, the, that's the dude who did the somersault into the end zone, taking the little the right. ladder play. That's who, that was my vote for number one. I'm, I'm rooting for Mr. Riggs. I went Powder River. Okay. That's, I mean, I think if you listen to this podcast, that's pretty obvious. Uh, yes, because you're, yeah, you're, um, you, let, you let a homer vote get into. I didn't vote for Terry Beckner Jr., by the way. You know? Oh, I saw Wyoming. I was, every, everything Wyoming, I pulled the trigger on. Okay. 
I can be a biased, easily bought voter. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to be as scummy as every other Heisman voter is. So you're why, uh, what's his name from Wisconsin, didn't make it. I know, it's a little weird, I, right? I was surprised by that one. I thought... Uh, you know who we should blame? Ryan Nanny. Okay. Conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, that's true. He's the one who, who gets the votes. Um, so this is going to be an abbreviated episode. Um, we're in New York. It's the first time Bill and I have had a chance to do the recording. Um one of the things I wanted to talk about is moving forward. Um, we'll go back to the so back to the midweek for those of you who listen every single week. Obviously, we don't have um, fresh sets of S and P Plus to break down. Um, we will come back on and just do the midweek schedule through everything. Um, we have bowls that are going to carry us home, um, and then we have a playoff, and then we have a national championship, and then we have a coaches convention bill, and then we have. Um, some recruiting stuff that we're not really going to be able to be super good at answering, but we'll probably bug Bud. We'll probably actually, hey, let's just do this because I don't think he listens to every episode of PAPN. I think he does. Uh, let's just make sure that we ask Bud to come on the show at the most inconvenient time possible. All right, like, <laughs> like if we record, let's record the Tuesday before signing day. How about that? Well, in in isn't it like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday situation? Yes, yeah, yeah, so just extra Tuesday brutal. Of, extra yeah. brutal is is the is the short version. So okay. Um, so, hey, one thing that bugged me this year, uh, we haven't done a proper fundraiser yet. We've got to do that. Yep. Um, we have uh, still long gestating new logos, still long gestating merchandise. These are things that I actually spoke to someone at snbnations.com as we are sitting here at Vox Media in New York. Uh, I talked to them today about that. We have, I'm trying to think, is there any year-end clearance stuff that we need to do now that I'm back? Well, we have a bunch Thanks of Thanks for being patient. Yeah, we have a bunch of questions uh, to get through here, but I don't think there's any sense in getting through them today. Uh, we're gonna have to. You want to do one or two? Um, I got eight I'll, minutes. Okay, I'll find. I'll try to find a good one here. Uh, but in the meantime, while I'm looking, yeah, thank you because among other things, uh, our traffic numbers. Yeah, have I was gonna see if you want to talk about this. Exploded this year, and uh, it was exploding in September, October. Uh, when uh, Godfrey ditched me for a little bit, like you even listened to the solo shows that I wasn't even listening to as I was recording them yeah. uh, on the Sundays uh, when it was just me. Uh, yeah, obviously having really good guests help. Had Holly, had Ryan, uh, Nanny, had Matt Brown, had Jason Kirk, had Richard Johnson again. Wow. Uh, it was lovely. I mean, we cycled all the way through. Basically had all of the full cast uh, except Spencer because he's often like, you know, Iceland or wherever Part, now. Parts unknown. Yeah. So, um, He's just on an episode of Parts Unknown with Anthony Bourdain. He, so, so anyway, yeah, you guys keep listening and I very much appreciate it. We will be scaling back. There's no, see, there's no reason for a Sunday recap show when it's like four bowl games or whatever. Um, but no, it's, it's been very, very cool, uh, to see those numbers go up, to see all the references, to see all the, granted, a lot of people wanted Holly to replace you. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's fair. Um, I'm not going to argue that. But a lot of people, each with each week, it became an increasing. It, please tell me this is the week Godfrey's back. So, so look, here's the deal. I can't. Um, I was going to make a bunch of jokes, like coming back on the show. Uh, I was here, blah, blah, blah. And then I actually had <laughs> to speak with some lawyers this week about what we're working on. Um, I actually can't talk about it. Um, it's still ongoing. I'll probably dip out another time. Not for five weeks. Everyone calm down. Put the gun down. But... Um, it's been a long, uh, crazy schedule for me. I am incredibly appreciative to those of you, because clearly, let me. I, I think Bill would agree with me when I say this. The uptick in traffic is, or or listeners, or however the hell, whatever that we call the metric, it has to be because of word of mouth. Like it, it's, yeah. we have no ads, <laughs> we don't market this thing. 
So those of you who have, who have said, hey, if you're into college football or you told your buddy, like, you should listen to this, uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. Um, also, it's got to be so weird if you just started listening to the show in the last three months. <laughs> yeah, I, apparently, I mean, unless people are listening to it, like, every episode three times, it has to be new people, so. Well, the good news great. is this. We should, we should definitely mention this before we jump out of here on this weird episode. Um, we do better. I think you'll, would you agree with this? We do better in the off season. Yeah, that's the that's the funny. I, I it's mean, about I we're, the, for the nerds. We're about to go in season. I'll put it that way. <laughs> like you want a CUSA breakdown in March? It's happening. Yeah, just wait till the coaches convention. We've got that. We've got. Uh, I guess we should solicit for like anybody has any ideas or suggestions. I don't know. We have an audience now. I'm really worried about this. <laughs> This we should just what, have like the same for. This 150 weirdos that would always send us the same question. And I love my weirdos. Yeah. Um, but now that we have like a general audience, I feel t- I feel like we should entice them or say, hey, this is coming up. But I'm back. I like I really even haven't, you know, sat my bags bags down on the ground metaphorically. Like um, it feels good to be back. It's weird. I should thank my co-host for keeping this thing afloat while I was gone. Because you know what happens if you leave for five weeks? You're going to learn how to edit. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to scream into an iPhone and like put it up on Twitter. <laughs> that's, that's the gist of this show. Here's so. A, so here's an email uh, plucked at random just to say we accomplished something today. This is our friend uh, Rowan Taylor on email. Uh, follow your podcast and writing on SB Nation. I'm a Michigan State alum. This is an interesting one. I, okay. I, I'm not sure what I think about this one. Right. I'm a Michigan State alum and a diehard fan. Oh, by the way, the, the uh, subject line, is MSU's D'Antonio somewhat overrated? I don't think people are asking hard enough questions about the state of the Michigan State program right now. I appreciate that a lot of your comments are forward-looking and that you aren't afraid to be critical. Thus, I turn to you with a few questions for a podcast uh, and my reasoning behind them. Uh, these are all stats from ESPN.com. What? You couldn't use my, stud- my, my stat profile? Why'd you pick this guy? Uh, number one, has the MSU program failed to recalibrate the metrics by which it judges itself in light of the success from 2013 to 15 to focus on 2016 or on the past century? D'Antonio is ecstatic he could win 10 games rather than pissed he finished second in the Big Ten East and got humiliated by Ohio State. D'Antonio is judged as an elite coach because he has an unprecedented has had unprecedented success at a non-elite institution. Clearly, then, the standard by which he is judged is the past failures of his predecessors. But at what point do our own expectations need to change? Uh, probably never. Um, once you go 36 and five in three years, is the fan base justified in wanting the team to compete at a national title level? China. China went from a destitute agrarian society in the 1980s to a superpower in four decades. Can I just stop you there and say how, how happy I am to be home where we have people emailing us saying, <laughs> this is a long uh, email. why is Michigan State like China? This was the first of four questions. This is what we... This is The what problem is, here's the problem. You entertain these idiots. Yeah. And I, you know what I do when I get these questions that are page long? I spot edit on the fly as I read them. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I'll skip that. You are encouraging yes. these Jeremy. Yes. You want me to read your email. Uh, what do you think is reasonable timeline for a college football program transition? Has that ever been done? Um, I. That's a big, big question. Yeah. There are peaks and valleys. Yes. Uh, you can't just expect the peaks at Michigan State, especially when you're with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State in your division. It's only about four or five places in the country where you can right. reasonably say there shouldn't be a valley, you and if there is, expect, it should be a year long. You shouldn't uh, be expected to be okay with with falling apart like last year. That's uh, in fine, 2016, yeah. And then dealing with some legal troubles in the off season. 
Um, but this is, I mean, the, the, there's no universe in which what Michigan State did this year should have been expected. Yes, that's and true. And so that alone, I mean, you want to talk about expectations and, and not wanting, you know, five and seven seasons or whatever, or three and nine, I think is what last year's was. That's fine, but you can't just – it's not – you're not suddenly Ohio State. Right. This is always – what I always say about hard jobs, it always remain hard. Like medium-sized jobs are, 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 are never going to be blue blood jobs unless right. you've got the recruiting base to call on, and Michigan State's not going to be that. It's just not. And so uh, D'Antonio is like a better Gary Pinkle, a better, a, a go, like a Frank Beamer type who's going to have his peaks. He's got sometimes the class just isn't going to come together and he's going to uh, he's going to struggle. And then if you give him enough time, he's eventually going to figure out how to rally. Time and perspective are so funny. They like one infects the other. If I were to go to a pin, if, uh, if, sorry, if I were to go to a Michigan State fan a decade ago and said, look, I can give you a Rose Bowl, and then a couple years later, you're only going to win four games mm-hmm. for one season. Right. Who's turning that down? Right. It's just when you then you live through it, it's always more annoying than you think it's going to be. Like Auburn. Auburn was still like trying to pretend like they were not satisfied, which this is Auburn, I realize. But they were trying to pretend like they're not satisfied, and then I kind of just tossed it out there like, oh, yeah, hello. You only won your division twice in five years and won an SEC title and made it the right. national title game and almost made a playoff this year. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, but when, you know, so, that's- so the answer is? They should not. They should have raised their expectations. I'm trying not John to be Elsmith. mean on my first day back, but I'm like, Raise your expectations beyond John L. Smith, but you aren't Ohio State. You're not going to be Ohio State. It's always going to be harder. You're on the wrong side of the division, too. It's always going to be harder at Michigan State than Ohio State. That, I mean, wrong D'Antonio's side of the division proven, split. But D'Antonio has proven he can do hard, but, I mean, that's okay. Question two. Is it possible that D'Antonio is great at plotting the course? Wait, that was all one question? Yes. For rebuilding an overachieving program, but lacks the vision to build a truly elite modern program that consistently competes for national titles. <laughs> You're not going to do that. More of a Bill Snyder than a Bob Stoops, he says. Well, first of all, Bill Snyder won. First time around, Bill Snyder did yeah. compete for, for a yeah. longer period of time. Um, so he's, he is not Bill Snyder. Um, but he's more Bill Snyder than Bill Stoops, sure. Bob Stoops, yeah. More, more, of, yeah. more of a Rick Majerus than a Tom Izzo, he says, sure. Okay. Uh, that's fine. I think you can live with that. Okay. Three, could Mark Hollis's vision for the key to be, be the key to taking Michigan State football to the next level? There is no... Next level. If you make, if you are on that next level three times out of five or six years, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, four. Should MSU try to hire Toledo's Jason Candle as offensive coordinator? Uh, no. Sure. Go yeah. ahead and try. Yeah. Try. Yeah. You should definitely not, do that. Not, yeah. He's not FCS. Okay. It doesn't work that way. All right. Keep going. That's that's four. That's it. He basically he wants offense. So basically, no, me, he wants Michigan State to be one of the me, ten best programs in the country. And yeah, let me. I understand. It's a, this is a horrible thing to say to a fan. It really is. Is you're looking at you're looking at the best of times, and I don't want to say it. Well, the best of times was a couple years ago. Uh, it's not as good now. But I'm saying even potentially if things shake out right, remember Penn State exists in a different plane than it did when Michigan State was peaking. Right. That's to me. That's more the difference than the Ohio State-Michigan consistency because those are you know what you're getting there. The other thing he's got going on here is that he do, he likes uh, – I, I can tell he likes offense. Uh, and D'Antonio is never going to deliver that. Oh, so you think this, this email is a giant code for I'm tired of I'm tired of pro set? Right. Basically, they they went from 3-9 and nine to 9-3 nine and three this year. You can never, ever, ever complain about that. But they were 7th in defensive S&P Plus. They're 106th in offense. They are hard to watch. Yes. 
So that was basically... Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But just keep in mind, what you look, this is when you start dancing with the devil as a college football yes. fan. This was... I wrote a big, long piece just last week about, uh, you know, when you get tired of only being good, you want more, you never get more. Like, Georgia is the only team that ever got more. Just be really happy. Like, you literally beat Michigan into the mud. You kill Penn State was maybe one of the two or three most consistent programs in the country this year. You prevented them from having a chance at the big another Big Ten you title beat, or a national title. You beat Penn State coming off of a Rose Bowl and a conference championship, and you beat Michigan this year. And you're sitting here. I can't. I can't. And and you were three and nine last year. I definitely understand where you're coming from. I do, especially with the offensive anemia, because it feels like, hey, if we tweak that, then we're. Our great defense and a more effective offense would take us to the next level. The problem is those things don't exist in a vacuum. Right. That defense and that offense are, are probably a hell of a lot more tied together than, than even D'Antonio would like to admit. Right. And that's the biggest issue. Correct. All right. There was uh, we, we dipped our toe back in the waters. Felt good. I feel bad, though, because the first time out, I'm, I'm smacking somebody's well, hopes and dreams. Well, that's why I wanted an interesting, like, it wasn't, he, the logic's there, but I, I didn't want just, a, you know, some e- super easy question. There. There's something about a 9-3 and three Michigan State is, like, the last program you want to see in a bowl game yeah. or, like, late in the season. Unless you're Alabama, you know, Alabama. Like, I mean, a Mark D'Antonio Michigan State team, you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with this in November. <laughs> they're going to try. Oh, I don't like, want to try right now. They're going to try. They're like, we're more talented, but, God, they're going to, like, hit, like, nobody likes to get hit in the face. They're going to, like bite us and <laughs> claw and like no nah, you don't want that um all right bill yeah same time next week yeah we should Dad's actually, home we should. i'm not going to the store for a pack of cigarettes i promise i and i yeah i should be around next wednesday you should be around next wednesday we're gonna this, go back to the normal schedule normal. we're this gonna go back to a podcast unless i get snowed in in new york everyone thank you for your patience thank you for your kindness to our sub hosts um i'm back roll tide roll tide